I want to share some really uh, tedious things tonight with you because everybody knows a little bit about eschatology. You say, well, I don't even know what eschatology is. It's a study of end times. And everybody has their idea of what's going to happen when the Lord returns. But most people have a hair in their eschatology bowl of soup. <laughs> Hello. I want you to understand, we're talking about the evacuation of the church. I want you to understand that when you got born again and Christ came into your life, there should have been an excitement built up in you that Jesus was coming any moment to take you home. That's called the evacuation of you and I into the presence of Jesus Christ. And so when we live for God and um, we look at what's going on in the world today, we should be excited about the coming of Jesus Christ, but that should have happened a long time ago. But we should be very concerned about our loved ones that are not ready to go. See, there are no signs to the catching away of the church. The signs are to when Jesus comes to earth and he fights in the battle of Armageddon, the signs of his coming to earth to bring Israel on her knees to turn to her true Messiah. The signs are concerning Israel, not concerning the church. Uh, Jesus Christ, you know, they kept the Jewish people kept saying, give us a sign, give us a sign, give us a sign. Boy, are they going to get some. The Jewish people are going to get lots of signs. Give us a sign, give us a sign. Okay, you're going to get it. But he said, for now, Jesus Christ said, there'll be no sign given except that which was given by the prophet Jonah as he spent three days and three nights in the belly of the well, Matthew chapter 12, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And so the sign is for the church, the resurrection of the Son of God. How many know that's already happened? And that's all the sign we need that Jesus Christ lives and he's coming back to receive us unto himself that where he is, there will we be also. Now we're going to read a verse out of Galatians chapter 1 verse 4 tonight. I'm going to bounce around in the Bible quite a bit tonight. And uh, I want to get you thirsty for the things that are coming upon the earth. But I want you to understand some things that are very important. Because evangelists, preachers today are kind of misleading the church when they say the next great event in prophecy is the rapture of the church. Well, that could be, but understand when they say that, it's misleading because what they're saying is there were signs before that in order for us to be at the, uh, the next sign of Jesus coming for the church. In fact, Jesus could have came for the church before you were ever born. Jesus could have came for the church in Apostle Paul's day. Because there is no signs to the catching away. And someone says, well, rapture's not in the Bible. Well, neither is bubblegum, but it's under pews everywhere. <laughs> Air conditioners on su summer in churches everywhere. Amen. And did you know Bible's not even in the Bible? The word Bible's not even in the Bible. So don't give me that stuff. The meaning of rapture is to be caught away or podso, to taken by force, caught up 
and, and raptured, caught up into the presence of the Lord. Some of the things I say tonight, I know will cause you to raise your eyebrows, but you look cuter when you do that. Amen. And so we're going to go to Galatians chapter 1, verse 4. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word. Amen. Give your sitter a rest for a moment. Verse 4 of Galatians chapter 1. Who, speaking of Jesus Christ, how many know Jesus Christ is the who's who in the Bible? Who gave himself for our sins that he, Jesus Christ, might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. Notice the phrase that he might deliver us from this present evil world. Isn't that good? Might deliver us from this. And don't miss the word might because in John chapter 3, verse 17 says, for uh, Jesus came not into the world to condemn the world, but through him the world might be saved. And so might carries a long grave meaning. According to John 3.16, should not perish. Should not carries a grave thought. No one should perish because Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. I want to preach tonight on the evacuation of the church. You may be seated. Salvation is an amazing victory that Jesus Christ brought to each and every one of us that are saved. We were saved from our sin, saved from our bondage. We were saved from the wrath of God. We've been saved by the power of God. And we not only have been saved as Christians, we are today being saved. And one day we shall be saved. You see, when Jesus Christ comes in our life, he removes sin out of our heart. He changes our nature. And he removes the power of sin. But just because you got saved, doesn't mean that he removed the presence of sin. The presence of sins all over this planet. And one day we'll be delivered from the presence of sin. We will be evacuated from this dying world. We will be evacuated from this graveyard called planet Earth. We will be evacuated from sickness Sin and disease will be evacuated from evil men, evacuated from time and hard times and disappointment. Disease and pestilence will be evacuated from this earth to be in the presence of God. Now, the Bible says, no man knows the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh. That's in Matthew 24, around verse 36. It is also repeated in Mark chapter 13 that heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But then he goes on to say that no man knows the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh. Mark says not even the Son knows. The angels don't know. 
The son doesn't know. Only the father knows. So next time you hear a preacher say he knows, he don't know. He just thinks he knows. Hello. Because if he thinks he knows, then he knows more than Jesus because Jesus said he doesn't even know when the Son of Man cometh. But once again, that is not signs to the catching way of the church. That is signs to when Jesus Christ comes. Because when we're caught up into the clouds, heaven and earth doesn't pass away. We are caught up into the presence of the Lord in the atmosphere, in the clouds, and so shall we ever be with the Lord to meet the Lord in the air with our loved ones. But when Jesus comes in the revelation, your book of Revelation, when he comes to fight in the battle of Armageddon, when he comes to Israel to fight for Israel and all the nations that are circled around Israel to bring her to destruction, when Jesus Christ returns, he's returning and the heavens will fall. The stars will collapse. The mountains will crumble. The earth will go into convulsions of earthquakes. And the heavens and the earth will begin to flee away. But in fact, the heavens will roll back like a scroll. And they'll cry, hide us from the wrath of the Lamb in Revelation chapter 6. But we'll be with Jesus. I don't have to be hid from the wrath of the Lamb. I'm part of the bride of the Lamb. I've been saved and redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. And so don't be misled by thinking that something has to happen in order for the catching of the church to be caught away. There are no signs to the catching away of the church. Meaning that Jesus could have came in the time of Apostle Paul. That's why Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, we which are alive and remaining should be caught up. He put we in there. Paul actually believed, and later on he decided, okay, it ain't going to work. I'm now ready to be offered. But at that moment, he felt that the Lord might return at any moment. Now, I will tell you that I am concerned about what's happened in Israel. And, I, and when I see Israel becoming a nation, when I see all the things that's happened, those signs are not to the catching away of the church. Those signs are to Jesus coming to earth to reign as King of kings and Lord of lords, to come and to be set on the throne of Jerusalem and to conquer and bring his kingdom to earth. But children of God, the church has the kingdom of God within us. It comes not with observation of man, but the kingdom of God is within us. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it is peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Romans chapter 14. So we have a spiritual unction and a spiritual blessing as the church. Now, a lot of folks will be asking the question, well, how could the rapture took place during the time of Nero and the time of Roman siege? Understand that Palestine, the land of Palestine, since the crumbling of, of Judea in 70 AD, and then you had Hadrian, the emperor, comes down in 
135 AD and he, he smothers out an uprising of Israel. Well, Israel at that moment could have became a nation then. At any time, Israel could have became a nation. Joe, a preacher, knowledge shall increase. Daniel said knowledge will increase. That, that proof that we're not at the end time. Did you know cell phones would have worked with Adam and Eve? And Adam and Eve would have loved a cell phone. She could find someone to talk to. Amen? Did you know that technology was always there? The natural satellite, the moon, was always there. The technology's always been there. So it was just an acceleration that God granted when the Holy Ghost came. And there was a great outpouring of the Holy Ghost in the early 1800s or the latter 1800s. We began to see lights and electricity and all these inventions because the Holy Ghost was prevalent in the land. More inventions took place after the great moving of the Pentecostal movement and the outpouring of the Spirit of God in great revivals. More of the technology began to expand from that day forward. But I want you to understand something that you say, well, you know, the neutron bomb, the atomic bomb, the, the hydrogen bomb, you know, that had to be before the end time. No, it didn't. And the reason it didn't have to be before the end time, there's no record that they had them in the days of Noah. I mean, some, someone can bludge you to death with an ice pick or run a porch, uh, a fork, pitchfork through your chest or take a knife and slit your throat. You're just as dead then as you would be if a bomb blowed you into a tree in pieces. Wars and rumors of wars always been. What I'm trying to get across to you is that there has never been a time in the history of the world that Jesus Christ or God the Father could not come for his bride at any moment. He wasn't, he wasn't held to a certain time. Now, Israel could have raised, rose up as a nation before 1948. There could have been an antichrist come in before, uh, just after the time of uh, Titus, the Roman. What I'm simply saying is all this escalation that you're seeing now is just stirring us to know that we're even that closer to the catching away of the church. I was saved in 1978, and the Lord could have came then. And I was excited that he was going to come. I was thrilled that he was going to come. I remember I worked at Bass Pro, and every time I'd walk up to the time clock, the clock in to start work, I'd say, come, Jesus, please come. Come quickly, Jesus. Come quickly, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. you got just one more second before I punch this card. Uh, I'd look up at heaven and say, come on, Jesus, right now before I punch this card. Click, too late. Someone uses the excuse, well, you're just, you know, you're just trying to escape the world. And? Is there something wrong with that? Is there something wrong with wanting to escape the graveyard? Is there something wrong with wanting to escape sin and pestilence and disease? 
We're going to be evacuated from disease and sickness and pestilence. We're going to be evacuated from this earth. And it's called the church evacuation. It's called the catching up of the church to be with Jesus in the air. And it's very important that you understand that all the hype about what's happening with Israel now, it, it, you know, we pray for Israel, we cry out to God for Israel, all the signs are pointing to the end, but God could have took us home anytime. Anytime. You say, well, why was Palestine, all that land, you know, that barren land for so many centuries before World War I, World War II, all that Palestinian land. It was just barren land, time of Hadrian the emperor in 135 A.D., just barren land, Palestine. Why was it barren for so many years? Because God was keeping a parking space open for Israel. Amen? God just kept a parking space open for Israel. And Israel is parked there. And I thank God for that. And the old prophets talk about Israel coming back into the land, never to be uprooted and taken away from their homeland ever again. But those signs are not to the church. Those signs are to Israel. Thus, the Lord could come any moment. I believe that in every generation there was in the holding by Satan because if, if the angels don't know and Satan was, is an angel, fallen angel, if man doesn't know, no man knoweth the day nor the hour when the Son of Man comes, speaking of the return of Jesus to the earth in the revelation, if the angels don't know, if man doesn't know, if not even the Son knows, then bless your heart, the devil don't know either. And so he's always got someone in the, in the um, flanks, someone ready to step up as the Antichrist. There's always been evil men waxing evil. In the time of Nero, there's, in Paul, it was Nero. In the time of, of um, um, Rome, it was the uh, Roman emperors. In the time of of uh, World War I and World War II, it was Hitler. And the only problem with all the theology concerning the nation of Israel then is there wasn't a temple built, but there could be one built. If there had been a peace treaty, there could have been one built. I hear people say foolishly, well, you know, the temple's got to be built before the Lord comes. That's not before the Lord comes for the church. That's before the Lord comes to Israel. See, Israel's different than the church. The church is not Israel. Israel's not the church. And the covenant being made, people say, well, the covenant has to be made. Not for the church. I've done got my covenant right here. I'm sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. I've done got my covenant. Jesus Christ died for my sins and rose again from the grave. And I'm waiting for him any moment to come and catch me into the presence of his wonderful grace and mercy. Amen. Go with me to Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10. 
First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10. Now, verse 9 says, we've been delivered from false gods and false idols, verse 9 says. They've been saved by the power of God. And then in verse 10, it says, once we've been saved, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Jesus delivered us from the wrath to come. He has delivered us from sin. He has delivered us from hell. He has delivered us from the judgment of God. He has delivered us from the wrath of God. Jesus is our deliverance. And I promise you an antichrist and the beast and the false prophets not going to walk over the church when Jesus has delivered us from that. Isn't that beautiful? I um, Let me show you something interesting. First uh, uh, Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1. Notice what it says. First Thessalonians 5, verse 1. But of the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write unto you. Yes, amen. That's not even to us. Now, we can apply it to us because the Bible's good for us. But who's he talking to? He's talking to the church of Thessalonica. He's talking to a church that's being fed to hungry lions in the Colosseums of Rome. He's talking to the church that's being burned alive at the stake under the reign of Nero and other emperor, Roman emperors. He's speaking to the church when they were being persecuted after Jesus went back to heaven. And he says to them, of the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write unto you. Verse 2, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. In other words, Jesus Christ, uh, Paul is trying to tell the church of Thessalonica, chin up, chin up. You haven't missed the catching away. Chin up, chin up. God hasn't brought his wrath upon the earth. Chin up, chin up. It's okay. It, it, you haven't missed the catching away of the church. You haven't missed it. Don't worry about your loved ones. They're included in the promise of God. And you have no need that I would tell you. You know the times and seasons. And the Lord comes. And that verse 2 says, Yourselves know perfectly well the day of the Lord, so cometh as a thief in the night. And that is the wrath of God. The wrath of God will come. The wrath of God could come in any moment. And so could the church be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. There's no set time. So we need to be ready and prepared to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Amen? Son, well, you know, the gospel's got to be preached to all nations and then to the end come. That's not even about the church. That's about during the great tribulation, the 144,000, the two witnesses, talking about the word. And the angels flying to the heavens, preaching to all nations. He said, well, you want to get technical about it? Well, you know, Jesus Christ said to the church, you go preach first in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the world. 
Well, in those days, the uttermost parts of the world was Rome. So when Paul gets the message and the other disciples get the message, they preach to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then Paul goes to Rome. And you could say Rome is the uttermost parts of the world. At that known time, in that, during, during that time, they knew of no others. I, I want you to listen carefully because, it, you know, Israel, Israel's, I don't think Israel will ever have peace until the Prince of Peace returns. There'll be a false peace come when the Antichrist comes. When that is, I don't know. But I'm here to tell you, the United States of America and our past presidents and our president now needs to stay out of Israel's business and let business be done. What would have happened to America if we hadn't let the Civil War go the way it went? What if we'd have had a ceasefire? What if we'd had a ceasefire when Harry Truman said, drop the fat boy and the long boy on Japan? Things would have been totally different. There comes a time when you get attacked, you need to just clean things up. And Israel's always going to have nations around her, persecution around her. And if this conflict is settled, which I think it will be eventually, but in the process of this conflict being settled, there's going to be more anti-Semitism and more hatred to the Jews than ever before. Not only in other countries, but here in the U.S. And there's going to be hatred of the Jews to, down to the ugly core of young men that, and young women that have no idea of what historically the Bible talks about. There'll be hatred toward the Jews. And I think that hatred toward the Jews will drive many of those Jewish people back to their homeland in Israel. Now, we could go into World War III. We could, this thing could happen at any moment, just a powder keg, an explosion, and we're in World War III. But that's no guarantee it's the end of the world. It's no guarantee that God's going to pour out his wrath because you need to understand that what we're seeing now is not the wrath of God. It's the wrath of man. And the book of Revelation talks about the wrath of man, the wrath of of Satan and the wrath of God. And so when God's going to pour out his wrath, evacuation for the church is going to happen. Now, he could pour out his wrath anytime he wants, but before he does, he's going to take us home. Isn't that beautiful? We're going home. Amen? I said, we're going home. And 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 says, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, those that have died in Jesus, physically asleep, they're, they're dead, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died, you believe he died? Rose again from the grave? You believe he rose again from the grave? Even so them also which sleep, that are dead in the graveyard, in Jesus will God bring with him their bodies in the grave, they are with Jesus. Believers' bodies that have went on before, they're in the grave, their bodies in the grave, but they themselves are with Jesus. Verse 15, for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remaining 
Under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain, notice the phrase, we, we, we. Paul believed it could happen in his day. And we which are alive and remain shall be cut up together with them those that have been resurrected from the, from the grave, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord, wherefore comfort one another with these words. Yeah. Amen. My brother, oldest brother guy, stepped over to the other side. His body went to sleep. While I'm talking now, his body is asleep. But he sleeps in Jesus. My brother is in the hands of Jesus Christ. He's asleep here, but awake up there. And I really wanted my brother to experience the rapture, and then I stopped to think, he's going to. We which are alive and remain are going to be raptured up, and he is going to be raptured down. Hello. And not only will he be raptured down, and your loved ones that have died and went on to be with the Lord will be raptured down, they're going to get their body before you get yours. And God's going to give them a brand new body. Isn't that beautiful? I am so blessed to understand the scriptures that God has a plan for his church. The church is a church. Israel is Israel. They don't mix. They're different. There's never been a time in history, at least uh, um, when Jesus was here, the Jews rejected Jesus. But after Titus, the Roman uh, soldier came in, the, the general, and destroyed Jerusalem and scattered the Jews all over the world. Uh, the, the, the nation Israel's never pro-exist with the church before, but now they do. And so God deals with the church, and sooner or later, God's going to say, you know what? I, I think I want to deal with Israel now. Come up hither. The Lord will catch us up to meet his son Jesus in the air. The Lord shall descend from heaven with a shout. And at that moment, I don't know whether it'll be 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, but sometimes if the temple isn't built, it will be. God's not pressed for time. If the temple is built, I don't mean, well, the rapture's got to happen any minute because we're not looking for a sign. If the temple's built, good for them. If the temple's not built, it'll be built. Israel wasn't a nation, fine, but they will be, and they are now. But that's nothing to do with you and I. We belong to the church. You say, what about the Jew that gets born again? He's part of the church. Amen? And we spiritually are part of, we're spiritually Jews hooked into Abraham. Amen? But we have a spiritual inheritance, and the Jewish people have a physical land inheritance. 
Amen. The Bible says the Lord shall descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of heaven. So when Jesus Christ comes for his church, he's not going to stand on the earth. When he comes for the church, he's going to descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of an archangel, call us up, call our loved ones that fell asleep in Jesus, call us up in brand new bodies into the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. We're going to him. He's coming to us. We're going to him. And he doesn't come to earth. We're caught up to be with him. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. One week later, which is the seven, seventh week of Daniel, after the covenant, he'll return with his church. In Revelation chapter 19, we'll come back riding with Jesus. Now, let me clarify something right now. If the catching away of the church happened now, it doesn't necessarily mean that the great tribulation has to begin now. It does mean darkness will envelop, in, in, envelop the earth because we are the light of the world. It does mean that the great and dreadful night and darkness of the earth will come, wickedness will come. It does mean that once the church is removed. But what it doesn't mean is the Antichrist has to step up immediately and make a covenant with Israel. It doesn't mean that at all. It doesn't mean whether the temple's built or whether it's not built. It has nothing to do with the catching away of the church. What it means is if the church were to be raptured tonight, they haven't built their temple. They will, but they don't have to build it immediately the first year we're gone. It could be 40, 50 more years before the covenant is made with Israel. Now, I don't think it'll be that long, but it could be. See, we got it in our head that when the church goes up, immediately there's a covenant. No, 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 no. That It could be, but it doesn't have to be. And God starts dealing with Israel when the covenant is made with Israel, the one-week covenant. That's when the clock starts ticking. The times of the Gentiles are still going in Revelation chapter 11. So once the church is caught up, those that are left behind, the times of the Gentiles are still going. But the time when God begins to deal with Jews, with the Israel, is when the covenant is made, because that's when the 70th week of Daniel starts. You say, what about the budding of the fig tree? Isn't Israel, 1948, wasn't that the budding of Israel? Actually, it wasn't. Israel is the olive tree. Revelation chapter 11, Israel is the olive tree. The fig tree is the people, the Jews. The fig tree is the people where the Jews are. In fact, remember in Mark chapter 11 when Jesus Christ came and found the fig tree? No fruit on it. He cursed it. In that teaching about the, the, the fig tree being cursed by Jesus Christ, he wasn't cursing the nation of Israel there. He was cursing the Levites, the priest. The Judeo system was cursed. And boy, was it cursed because it was totally removed at the death of Jesus. The veil of the temple was rent. No more animal sacrifices. And Titus comes along and scatters them all over the world. Yes, it was cursed. So when you see the budding of the fig tree, it just means when they start getting their utensils ready for their offerings. The red heifer. The Ark of the Covenant. The bowls. The vessels that they would use to offer sacrifice, the priesthood, 
assembling back together. Now you're seeing that because now they're finding their priests to bring them back together so they can offer sacrifice in the future. So they want to be ready when the temple's built to be able to offer sacrifice. So I think, yes, the fig tree did bud. It's budding now. And this generation should not pass till we see all these things happen. And he's not, once again, he's not talking about the church. He's talking about the end of Jesus coming in Revelation. Do we hear things all our life? Well, you know, the word has to be preached around the world before the Lord comes. Well, you know, the temple's got to be built before the Lord comes. We hear all our life. Well, you know, the Antichrist has to be revealed by the church before the, before the Lord comes. And, and, and on and on it goes. None of that is true. All the signs point to Israel. We have one sign. Jesus Christ died, shed his blood, rose again from the grave. As Jonah spent three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. That one sign we have, and that sign is we are resurrected. We believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We believe in the eternal, powerful, awesome God who died for our sins, shed his blood for our sins, was put in the grave, and rose again. And now we wait. Now we wait for his coming. We're not looking for signs. We wait for his coming. Uh, you know, you, you stop and think about that. And let me wrap this up because I, I, we're going to be talking about some of this in our roundtable discussion Sunday night, Jimmy and I. And Jimmy and I agree pretty good. There's, a, there's one place we're not totally agreement on, but I'll get him persuaded before then. <laughs> I'll take the word and prove it to him. <laughs> Amen. But anyway, when Jesus Christ came the first time, he came to give his life as a ransom for the sins of the world. When Jesus Christ came the first time, he came as the Messiah for Israel, and Israel rejected him. He turned to the Gentiles. A church was born, and Jesus came the first time to give us eternal life, to give us the blessed hope to build a church because Jews rejected him. We're grafted into the true olive tree, into the root. Blindness in part has happened to Israel. Romans chapter 11, has God forsaken Israel? No. Blindness in part has happened to Israel. We've been grafted into the olive tree because of Abraham. We've been redeemed from the curse of the law because of Abraham. And so when Jesus Christ came the first time, he came to save, to give, to give his life for our sins. When he comes for his church, and you can call it the second coming if you want to. I call it the evacuation of the church. We go to meet Jesus. And when he comes for the church, he doesn't come just to give. He's already given us eternal life. He comes to receive us. Because the Jews rejected him as a nation, he comes to receive us as a bride, as a church. Let not your heart be troubled. John 14, verse 1. 
Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. He said, I come to receive you. When we're taken from the earth, he comes to receive us. And then he assembles us together in the marriage supper of the Lamb. We get married. We get ready to come back to earth for a big millennium banquet, a big supper, because Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob will sit around that table. The wedding will happen in heaven. The marriage supper of the Lamb will happen on earth. The honeymoon will be a thousand years. Well, I couldn't afford it. I couldn't afford 10 days, let alone a thousand years honeymoon. And so he'll come and he comes in the second revelation of Jesus Christ to the earth. And he comes to as King of Kings and Lord of Lords upon his head are many crowns. Revelation chapter 19, he comes with us as he knocks, as he comes with ten thousands of his saints. He comes with us, the angels, yes, because the angels are going to gather up the chaff from the wheat. The angels are going to gather up for the, for the, the uh, judgment of the nations. In the rapture, there's no mention of the angels because we're going to be caught up to meet Jesus in the air. But when Jesus returns, he'll, we'll come with him riding on white horses, coming to earth. And Jesus will conquer the enemy and break the beast and the false prophet and cast him into the lake of fire. An angel will take Lucifer, the, the, the devil, the dragon, and chain him and put him in a bottomless pit for a thousand years. And the church will reign on earth with Jesus Christ for 1,000 years. Isn't that good? I had a guy say to me one time, you don't really believe that when we come back, we're going to come riding horses. And I said, well, you need to understand the horses in heaven are not like horses on earth. I mean, horses in heaven are like ballistic missiles. Horses in heaven probably travel the speed of light. You better hang on to your stirrup. Horses in heaven are angelic, powerful, moving about. Well, why, why wouldn't there be any, uh, horses that could travel the speed of light? Why wouldn't there be horses that are like sonic boom uh, missiles and, and uh, high aircraft angel uh, horses coming along? Why wouldn't they be? You're going to have a body pretty sonic-fied, pretty dynamic. Amen? Why wouldn't they be? Amen? I don't like riding horses. The men and the horses don't get along. Because when the horse is coming up, I'm going down. When I'm going down, the horse is coming up, and it's like this. And I don't feel good the rest of the evening. Hello. So when the Lord comes, he's coming. And we're going to come with 10,000 of his saints. The angels are going to come gather the nations together. And we, at that time, are going to judge the angels. The church is going to judge the angels. And Jesus Christ is going to set up a thousand-year millennial reign. 
Satan's going to be in the pit. The beast and the false prophet's going to be in the lake of fire. A thousand years later, there'll be a little, little battle. Gog and Magog revive some way during that thousand years. There'll be a little battle. The Lord will consume them with the fire of his glory and his might and power and just squish it real quick. And then, then um, once that's done, the, the devil will be cast into the lake of fire where the beast and the false prophet are. And by the way, they're still alive burning a thousand years later. And the Antichrist will be cast in the lake of fire there to spend eternity. And then there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. And God will melt the earth and build a new heaven and a new earth. That's, that's eschatology. That's, it's wonderful when you stop and think about it. Amen. So when the Lord comes he, uh, for, to the nation of Israel, he's coming to take his place. He's coming to take his throne. He's coming to sit upon the throne of David. I'll close with this one scripture, 1 John 3, 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. It doth not yet appear what we shall be. I I can look and tell that it's not yet. We're not yet what we shall be. I can look at you and look at myself in the mirror and know I'm not yet there. A man looked in the mirror and said, not yet. Amen. Ladies look in the mirror, not yet. Amen. It, it does not yet appear what we shall be. It does not yet appear what we shall be. Not yet. But one day we'll be evacuated and it will be then yet. Yet will come, and we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We're going to look like Jesus, but we're going to look just like us too. I haven't quite figured that one out, but we're, we're going to look just like we look now, only we're going to have the same body that Jesus has, glorified body, Amen. And there won't be no makeup shop in, in Jerusalem. There won't be no, no place for you men to go get a fancy haircut. I think we'll all be bald, but it doesn't matter. I told Jimmy the other night, I said, we may get to heaven and everybody be short just like you. And I said, oh, yeah, but everybody may be tall just like me. He said, yeah, and everybody may be ugly just like you too. I love Jimmy. Beauty's in the eyes of the beholder. Amen. What a blessing. Serve the Lord. We're going to be evacuated. How many like to be evacuated? Amen. I didn't mean exterminated, evacuated. We're going to be evacuated from this earth. And I'm looking forward to being evacuated. It's not yet has happened, but it will happen. And we will be caught up to meet Jesus Christ in the air. And it could happen before you get home. It could happen before we sing the next song. It could have happened years ago. 
because there are no signs to the rapture of the church. He could have came at any moment. Knowledge increased. It could have escalated. All the technology has been there all along. Nation could have, Israel could have returned to a nation. Israel could have been a nation long before 1948. So what we're seeing now is just showing us that God's getting everything, all the players in the right place. So I'm excited about being caught up to meet Jesus in the air, but I'm getting concerned about my loved ones because of what's happened in Israel. Now, I'm not a prophet. I'm not the son of a prophet. I was called something, a son of something else the other day. But anyway, I'm not the son of a prophet. I'm not a prophet. But I will say this. I think Israel will succeed in what she's doing. But I believe she will be hated like never before. And I believe that the Lord does tarry his return in revelation to the earth. I believe that many of the Jews will be forced back to their homeland just preparing the temple, preparing for the end time. But it has nothing to do with you and I. We could be gone today. And so preachers are misleading when they say the next great event on the prophetic calendar is the rapture of the church. Pardon me? The rapture of the church isn't the next great event. It could have been the event any time. The imminent event of Jesus Christ. The imminent return of Christ. To say the next great event is the rapture of the church is to say that there were things happen in order for us to be where we are now. And that's not true. The Lord could have came at any moment. Amen? That kind of gives new perspective, doesn't it? Especially when you hear people say, well, you know, they've been saying that since Grandpa was in diapers. The Lord's coming. Well, they have. But that don't, that don't make me feel like they're any more intelligent after they say it. The longer it lasts, that just means we're closer to the coming of the Lord. Amen. And so we understand that when the Lord descends from heaven with the shout, we're going to go meet him. He's not coming to the earth. We're going to go meet him. But when he comes in Revelation, in the book of Revelation, he's coming to Israel. He's not coming to the church. He's coming to Israel because the church is already with him. And the promise of God is to the Thessalonians, I'll remove you before my wrath comes. You'll be evacuated before my wrath comes. I love that, don't you? God's going to evacuate us before the wrath comes. He's not going to beat us up. He said, well, I think we've got to go through more persecution. Tell people that were eaten by lions in the Colosseums thousands of years ago. Tell that to people over in other countries that there's more martyrs today than there ever has been in the history of the church. Today. Tell that to people that's over there that we're kind of protected here. Amen? One thing you've got to understand when you step into the book of Revelation, you need to understand right from the get-go the book of Revelation is not about the evacuation of the church. It's not about the rapture. It's about Israel. It's about the wrath of God on the earth. And when you step into Matthew 24, it's not about the catching away of the church. It's about Jesus coming to earth. As lightning from the east to the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. So we need to understand that 
Jesus Christ could come at any moment. And I am concerned about Israel. I'm concerned about my loved ones even more so because the more we see the signs, the closer we are definitely to the return of the Lord for us. That's a fact. The more we see the signs, the more it concerns me. But God could put a hold on this thing. We could be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. God could give Israel another 40 years to assemble back to what they want. Because Israel's not the church, and the church is not Israel. You've heard all your life certain things, and I'm just trying to get the hair out of your theological soup. I'm just trying to get the hair out of your eschatology bowl of soup. The church is a church. Israel is Israel. Bottom line. So where are we in the book of Revelation? We're in chapter 2 and chapter 3. We are the church. In Revelation, we are the church. We're Laodicea and Philadelphia. Where will we be at to the catching away of the church? Chapter 4 and chapter 5 in Revelation. Where will we be when the great tribulation begins? We'll be with Jesus because it begins in Revelation chapter 6, the breaking of the seal. We won't be here during the great tribulation. By the way, it's the time of Jacob's trouble. It's not the time of the church's trouble. And where are you going to measure this? Well, the church has got to go through all this, this, and this. Tell that to people a thousand years ago. Tell that in Nero, in, in Roman days, in Nero days. Tell that to them. The church has always suffered great persecution. And Jesus will step in at any moment, and God will pour out his wrath upon the earth. But the promise he has to you and I, you're going home. You're going home. Before I conquer the world, you're, come, you're, you're coming home. Stand with me.